Welcome to the Way to Wellbeing podcast, where we explore a structured approach to well-being through the cultivation of mindfulness. This is Matthew Aldridge, and I'm a mindfulness student. And this is Barbara Newell. I'm a mindfulness teacher. Today, we wanted to talk about being stir-crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this last week, I had a chance to talk to some colleagues and some friends, and I think the general consensus is that people are getting a little sick of being isolated, uh, a little um, tired of uh, the processes they're kind of stuck in. Um, and a couple examples. Um, right now with my work, pretty much everything is done on Zoom, which is a huge change. I mean, in business consulting, you're typically working directly with the client physically. And so being in your personal office, in front of a computer, on a video chat, in essence, uh, is a little challenging. It's a big change. And people are getting a little tired of it. Um, and it's created some challenges just behaviorally. I, I had uh, one colleague mention that he found himself pretty much not moving for most of the day. Uh, he would skip breakfast, and so he had to kind of change his routine to ensure before he went into the office, he had his breakfast. He had a specific routine to that would essentially keep him um, normal. Uh, and there was another example of someone whose um, career uh, has been challenged by the epidemic. Um, it's there's been a big migration now towards the web digital and technology uh, we see it everywhere where you know amazon has taken over a lot of the retail business retail stores are shut down and so this friend is in an industry which is impacted and so looking forward it's there's a big question as to what's what's my career going to look like and for those that have lost their job it's it's a real question of when's my job going to come back and what's it going to look like so I think in general, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. So with that, Barbara, I wanted to get your advice in terms of how you handle that. Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say I, I can really feel from what you shared, Matthew, um, that these are really challenging times. And um, we don't have it all figured out, that's for sure, um, on any level from the most close in individually, and then kind of as if we are in some kind of living in a family unit, within our family, within our, um, our work um, community, you know, our, if we're in an office, our, our, our office um, group, uh, and all the way up the line, really, as, as a town, as a county, as a state, as a nation, as a world, um, we're just really... Um, we're breaking new ground here and trying to, as you said, that was a great example that you gave about the person who realized they were not getting their breakfast eaten and realized that how it happened before is there was a, there was a rhythm, there was a sequence, <laughs> there was a routine to it. Yeah, because he commuted to work on a regular basis. And now that's not there. And so... um Initially, we just uh, we might just do 
the most obvious thing that we have to get done, like, okay, I, I have to be on that Zoom call, and we, we forget about the other, the other things that need to get done because they used to just be part of a whole flow to our morning. <clears throat> habits, right? <laughs> yeah, habits. It's a habitual pattern, yeah. And we could call it reorganization, and I suppose that's something that you actually work with quite a bit as a business consultant. We're now doing that on this micro individual, and as I say, you know, couple or family parenting yeah. level. Um, I also have a colleague actually who said that on on a meeting last week. Um, she was just talking about how um, just the simple thing of like it's grocery day, you know. And she says now. There's like 10 other things to think about. She has a young child, mm-hmm. like a, an infant. Um, so all the things that we just used to do, um, yeah, that just one thing would flow into another and we, we didn't have to be, we, we didn't have to be particularly conscious or deliberate about them. It's just like, okay, you know, you get the grocery bags and you get in the car, <laughs> but now it's like, oh, you got to remember the mask. Oh yeah, yeah. And you have to make sure... Like it's a clean mask and maybe that you have the proper stuffing in the mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe you can't wear it the whole time because your daughter freaks out. So you just put it on right before you go in the store. And all those things are, it's a whole different rhythm. It's a completely different rhythm from how how we're used to kind of flowing through our day, through our work day, through our morning. So just, I, yeah, I'm just really feeling compassion for all of us with, it takes a lot of energy, to um, to reorganize, mm. kind of from the ground up in mm-hmm. some ways. So, uh, just having the the awareness of um, what is being asked of us, um, and having a lot of compassion—I mean, lots and lots of compassion for ourselves and for each other—it's just a massive reorganization, renegotiation, mm-hmm. new navigating. Of, of a completely changed terrain and one that continues to change. It's yeah. not even like we just got a second terrain and we're, we're figuring out that terrain we are, but it's also probably going to change again yeah. and again. There's no solid ground here. It's constantly shifting, <clears throat> which is a challenge. Yeah. So um, I, it's really important, I think, with this practice to to have the awareness that it is a lot and we as much as possible to call on compassion and patience with ourselves and with one another. And maybe, maybe we won't be as productive. Maybe we won't hit the same targets that we are used to hitting because it, it does take a lot more energy and thought just to, just to get our basic needs and our, if we are working, you know, our basic work done. It's not, it's not as simple and as fluid as it was before. Well, and what's interesting about that is I, I think it's different for um, different people uh, because I've heard some people say they haven't worked harder in their life um, as compared to now uh, just because everything's been u- upended a bit. And so the norm is no longer the norm and they've had to think about doing things differently and they've had to put in a lot of infrastructure in place in their business. And so as a result, they're just working a, a ton to get there. And then there's the opposite side of it where there are people who are out of work, who are at home. And luckily, I mean, here in the United States, the government is providing decent funds 
Um, and some of those people, I mean, luckily, I'm so thankful because um, some of my friends who were laid off have gotten um, adequate funding and are financially fine, completely fine. Um, but then they, they also have, in a way, a little bit of a luxury because they're not having to work. Um, but that's the now. The future is, though, I mean, that, that's only a short period of time. Um, and, and the future is unknown for them. So while now might be, I have more free time to do things and, and so on, there's a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen, you know, three months down the road and how my career is going to change, how my job's going to change and so on. Yeah. And for, I think some of us who are working less or are out of work, yeah, for some of us, it is kind of a boon, especially if we if we have enough money and we um, we don't have too much difficulty filling the time, you could say, or, or f- remembering the things that we've wanted to do and finally have time to do. Many people are <laughs> doing those, you know, deep cleaning that closet and, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing that craft project or doing things in their yards. Um and however, there are, I think there are others of us who find it quite difficult to um, slow down, to slow down, to have that, that amount of spaciousness. It may even, uh, I mean, let's just face it, many of us do push our feelings aside because some of them are difficult to have. And that was the case before the virus came along. And work can be a nice break from that. And Sometimes we may use it a bit too much to really never make contact with those feelings. But regardless of whether we did it too much or we did it the right amount, but now there's a big space for those feelings to come up. Mm, And that can be very uncomfortable uh, for some people. Yeah. So um, in that case, really what we're looking at is whatever our situation is, if we are working more than ever or if we're just um, feeling overworked in the sense of trying to figure out how to get the usual things just accomplished in the day in this different ordering, if we are um, suddenly on you know Zoom for 12, 12 hours a day or something, or if we're feeling like we're facing a big void and just you know a kind of blah feeling like I don't have a job to go to and. I'm bored, I'm anxious, yeah. So whichever of those things it is, it's um, being aware, being aware of of what our experience is. So if it's, um, again, like if it's the overwork, just acknowledging, okay, I'm, I'm working a lot, I'm having to make a lot more effort, and can I just be, can I just be aware of that and be patient if I'm not accomplishing, as I was saying, like if I'm not accomplishing at exactly the rate or the quantity that I was before, or if I'm in this kind of formless, shapeless day, um, can I just have the recognizing and the patience with the fact that I, I feel lost, a bit lost? Mm-hmm. So the recognizing of, of it, whatever it is, the discomfort, and then allowing it to be like that and being willing to be present with that experience. And, you know, perhaps we've talked already about resources that can help us feel grounded and supported and um, 
less alone as we deal with these new or increased challenges. Mm -hmm. And then really I want to call on the word creativity, especially in the case for those of us who feel like we have this big empty day and nothing happening. So really uh, calling on our creativity and thinking outside our own box, really. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, and being inventive, being innovative. Every one of us has that capacity. And I think the most important thing in creativity is being open to something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think, you know, as I, as I look forward, uh, the future is going to be a different normal than what we're used to. Changing. Yes. And change is hard. I mean, as a business consultant, I know that we spend a lot of time on what we call change management. Um, because there is an automatic resistance to change. What's the process that you, what, what is the approach to that? A lot of times it's understanding where you're at related to the change. Um, So it's mindful. We call it in business, we call it stakeholder analysis. Uh, But essentially it's looking at, if you were in a family unit, it's looking at, and we're, let's say we're going to move. It's looking at every person in that family unit and understanding how they feel about that. You know, do they mm-hmm. understand why you need to make that move? Is it a compelling enough reason for them? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it isn't a compelling enough and they're resistant to it, what what will help them? E- what will help ease the resistance? And this is what we can do inside our own heart and mind. Yes, and I I think it's. It's key to to look at that process. It is very, I mean, and I've, I've been through a lot of change in organizations, uh, and change is very difficult and often occurs very slowly just for that reason is because there's a lot of resistance to it. Well, and it takes time to work through the different experiences that the different stakeholders are having. So within our own mind, for example, there might be a part of us that's super excited not to have to go to work. And another part that's terrified that what, like we no longer have value or something. There's that's a whole a kind point, of belief yeah. system about that. And then there's one that's terrified that we'll never get a job again. Or So managing the change with the, all those different kind of thoughts and beliefs and feelings and reactions that are coming up and taking being willing to take the time to sort of get everybody sort of together and on board it's a combination from what i'm hearing of you and this is certainly how i see the individual process is listening Mm -hmm. and communication is a key part of it yeah listening inside and whichever one is sort of uh loudest you know or most (laughs) to put it more yeah whichever one is most needing our attention inside and that's why we have so much emphasis on the body Mm -hmm. because First of all, it gets us in the present moment, as we've talked about before. And once we become aware if there's a place in our body that is, that's tight, that's shaky, that's um, restless, and if we are willing to, to pause, it doesn't take a huge amount of time, but just pause from running away or suppressing the discomfort of it and be willing to just listen and let it... Um, kind of open up to us and give it space and and give it compassion, we'll often see, oh, uh, you know, an image comes like, uh, you know, standing in line for the unemployment or um, waking up and not not needing to put on any work clothes and spending the day in our pajamas and how that makes us think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
as you're saying, Matt, that change does take some time and it takes some attention. And that's the same with our personal processes in this situation. So as I was saying, patience and just continuing to listen and then calling on the creativity and being willing to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously change is the time when creativity is most called forth, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, and I like what you said in terms of the listening part of it, because I think when we talk about the creativity, a lot of times we're engaging, now, there is the um, the rational and the emotional side of us. Exactly. Um, yeah. And one of the things as, as I've looked at creative processes um, is you have to look at and you have to break it down. Um, and you have to look at objectives and and try to figure out, okay, this is my objective. So let's say, for instance, I'm out of work, I need to get a new job is my objective. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the various ways to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a fine balance here because we're going to have emotional reactions automatically yes. to every one of those options. Yes. So you have to pause and keep listening in. Exactly. And that is... And the- then have the next... The next thought process be informed by what the emotion well, was was wanting us to see. Well, and the key is to, you almost have to do this systematically. Um, and it's writing it down is, is helpful. We do it in workshops. This is um, the journal ideation, we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Ideation is a process where you literally got get up on a board and you start writing out and writing all these things down. That's a creative process. Yeah, and you start with that objective. You put out the options, but you know you need to kind of allow the emotional reaction. But that doesn't mean strike it down. Um, in other words, I put that idea up there, and let's say I have a visceral emotional reaction to it that says, "No way, that will never work." Keep it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then be, turn toward the emotion and say, "Why?" Yeah. Well, yeah, like show me more, right? What is you know? And it might be like, do you, do you know one of the most fascinating aspects about that is because a lot of times when you go through uh, creative processes, people automatically will say, "Well, that's not possible," or "I could never realize that," or "I'm not good mm-hmm. enough to achieve that." Yes, and these are all thoughts and beliefs, and as we've talked about, I mean that this is also something for us to bring awareness to. And it's not just because it's a thought or a belief that doesn't mean dismiss it. Right. I'm not saying just, you know, reject it because it's just a thought or it's just a belief. But remember that it's it's a kind of a map, right? And we've talked about this, that mm. it's a map. It's it's some it's um it's a paradigm that we made sometime in the past based mm. on on what was available then. And yeah, we the reason we create those is so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. But sometimes we do need to sort of reinvent the wheel to yeah. some degree. And so it's it's tuning in and really getting kind of, um, I guess, more granular, as they say, or really getting a, a deeper um, a deeper look at what skills or even let's say positive adapted habits mm-hmm. continue to serve in our current situation and where do we need to kind of um, develop a bit more of a muscle in a different direction, right? Or a different c- capacity that we haven't had to call on before now. Mm-hmm. And at first that's very uncomfortable. And just like you were talking about with your friend who's a runner, you know, or in exercise, when we take on a new exercise, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I had that muscle and it hurts so much. I never used it really, obviously, until now. And it's hurting because I've started using it. But once we go through that period, 
we actually become more strong and Adaptive, more flexible yes. and yeah, more resilient, more more capable when when we have to do some movement suddenly in life, you know, that muscle is now there for us. And, and I think that's that's the key is to realize you can be adaptive, mm-hmm. um, that you are not your thoughts. So in other words, that visceral reaction, that emotion that's coming up, that doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. You're not your emotions either. Yeah. And and I think what we, we I mean, I work in groups when we do ideation and creative um, mapping. And the key is get it all out there. Yes. And then without part of, judgment, yes, right? Like don't yes, prejudge. Yes. Don't try to skip the step where you well, get then, the solution. Just like get all the ideas and all the reactions. Out there, yes. And and part of the thing is, you know, from a personal perspective, um, part of it is to get it out there to understand your perspective. But this is also a time that you can also engage others. Mm-hmm. You can engage um, a coach, a mentor, yeah. who can, after you've done this process, uh, then go to them and get their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the... The key is to engage rationality in this process sometimes uh, versus the emotional process. Um, the emotions well, are important. Yes, yeah. mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the key with that is to really think through all the different options. And part of it is writing this down and getting it out there and understanding, you know, what is that emotional reaction versus what's, a, if you will, mm-hmm. mindful or mm-hmm. what is more, you know. Responsive. Mm, to yeah. the circumstances rather than reactive. Yeah. And what I'm really sensing from this whole discussion, Matthew, is that um, it's a matter of making the time and the space for that process mm-hmm. and for really sure. being willing to engage in the process, which does imply um, having some willingness to be with the uncomfortable feelings. And yes. that is part of the process. And it's worth it. And I think what's important, we've said this a number of times, um, is about what happens when you allow. Yes. Uh, is that things change yes, and evolve. Paradoxically. Yes. And so I, I think um, very often when, and I've heard this from numerous friends when I've talked about things, I was like, I really don't want to think about that because, you know, it's just, it brings, it's so uncomfortable. I, I get mad or what have you. I'm like, mm. That's okay. You, that's okay. Yeah. Why don't you try it and do more of it um, and see what happens? And be with the feelings in a very spacious, non judgmental way and say, okay, anger, like, show me what you've got. Like, what is it? You know, anger is a, anger is a, a signal. It's like, okay, what is it that we need to be aware of here? What are we needing to be more careful of? And it can gu- it guide you. Um, mm-hmm. The key is, I mean, obviously, do the pause, don't react to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The key is to, to, and it's kind of interesting. I've heard the word sometimes. It's it's acceptance. It's embracing it. It's really just realizing it's there. I accept you for who you are. Welcome in. Yes. And the thing, to, I think sometimes when people hear that, they say, well, then I'll never change. Then I'll never get anywhere. And so it, we don't just stop there. And that's that paradoxical quality that we've talked about. It's that we do we do stop for a time and say, okay, let's just, you know, take off the lid and let's feel all the yucky stuff <laughs> with our resources, right? right we need right, to right. keep some ground under our feet while we do that and not we're not trying to like throw ourselves into the deep end. If, have to do it carefully, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and sometimes with other people or, you know, at the right amount, not all at once. Um, but 
so once we've made that, once we've given them the room and listened inside, then very often, just naturally, a shift or um, an insight, an inspiration, a new way forward will emerge. Or even if it doesn't, we still have kind of cleared the field. So there isn't this um, this agitated kind of pond water, Reactive, right? There isn't yeah, like, yeah. it's it's calmed and it's cleared. And so then we can have a more clear thought process. And this is where we do intentionally bring in the, the thinking. Mm-hmm. So this is no longer the reactive um, thinking, but the actual more um, more clear and responsive and adaptive thought process. And usually it goes much faster too once we've made the room. So it's that's the paradox of it is that we, we take the time to stop, <laughs> but then when we go forward and it's a bit like, um, what I guess that's the Benjamin Franklin, right? Like haste makes waste. Or, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think you have to be thoughtful throughout this process, very compassionate towards yourself and others. I think those that is key. Um, the realization, I've seen this a number of times with change, change is difficult um, for everyone. I, I have... Um, I've even seen people, other consultants who were change agents who I've seen be resistant to certain changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so just recognize it's normal. Um, give yourself time. And really also realize that if you can go through this process in a more methodical, in a structured way, and you know, do some of these tips that we're talking about, it will help. And then you start to accept that change. There's less resistance to the change. You can be more creative. Mm-hmm. You may be able to, as going through this process, you might find a, a better and enriching path that you want to mm-hmm. go down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking at a card in a colleague's office and it said something like, sometimes something good has to fall apart so that something better can fall together. <laughs> It's very true. And unfortunately, I mean, one of the things I've constantly said is that um, there is such an entrenched resistance to change. Very often it takes catastrophe and crises Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to invoke change. Uh, We see that in society. We see it in governments. We see it um, in an individual's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And and when we feel... Uh, when we feel the resistance coming up and even the almost a feeling of badness about it, maybe it's helpful to just remember that that physical fitness metaphor that I was just using a few minutes ago because it's the same, it, it, you know, it, when you're doing physical fitness, they're always trying to vary the activity and give you a new challenge or that's at least more recently it seems like they talk about Um, you know, doing shorter bits of things. I think that's the high intensity interval training maybe. And keeping, you know, they let let you do the exercise just for a couple of minutes and then they change it so that the muscles don't get kind of complacent. Yeah, they have to be adaptive. And so, yeah, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. (laughs) It forces you to be adaptive. It is uncomfortable. (laughs) It's against our our evolutionary imperative to conserve energy. Mm -hmm. And yet... Um, it makes us stronger. Yeah, good point. I think that's all we have for today. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you can be comfortable with the change that's going on now. For more information, 
feel free to visit our website at thewaytowellbeing.com. And for more information on how Barbara can help you and for resources on her webpage, including a live daily meditation, please go to barbaranewell.com. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you.